a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! G'day, it's Maroon here. Coming up on the Footy Talk podcast, I'm going to ask the blokes about their debuts in the NRL. Yeah, they're both different. Wade, I was, I think, 17 in high school and I was 19. So, and I'm going to run through a bit about how Jack Whiten's you know, feeling at the moment with the big decision that he made over last week. Yeah, I'm going to dot some T's and cross some I's. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about some of the predictions we've got right and we've got wrong so far this year. G'day everybody, welcome to the Footy Talk podcast with Wado, Woodsy and Maroon. Plenty to talk about today. Uh, Wado, well, the, the Sharkies, three wins in a row. Yeah, it was a good one the other night for us. Um, it was a big occasion. It was the first time both teams uh, played for the poor green medal, which yeah. is it's going mm. to be an ongoing thing now. When obviously the two clubs meet, um, had all poor greens family there. Obviously would have seen some footage of a couple of special moments at the end of the game with yep. um, the two kids, Jed and Emerson. And Nico donating his jersey and the medal to them. But, yeah, it was a great night, great performance. Um, we've been searching for a performance like that. So to do it at home, you know, in front of our fans and, and our members and, of course, on the poor green medal night, it was, mm. it was a good one. Woodsy, welcome to you too. Thank you, Maroon. You made the comment as soon as you, you, you bumped into Wado this afternoon. You said, I knew you blokes we're going to win that game after about two tackles. Yeah, I reckon the the first carry from Braden Hemlin Ueli, Wado, was just outstanding. He just set the tone, just come off the back fence, skittled a couple of Cowboys defenders, and then you just see you boys roll upfield. I think he's put a kick in, and then two plays later, Kyle Felt comes up with an error, and then you score straight away. I was just one of those, it's like the boys are on here. You've been in insides where that's happened before, and that's when you get that exciting feeling. And goes, mate, we're up for this challenge, aren't we? Yeah, it's always good when you do have that good feeling at the start of the game. Um, obviously, the Cowboys had a bit of, um, you know, they had a short turnaround and had to travel a fair bit, so we might have got them at a, at a good time. Shame about Big Braids, he's been going unreal for us. Mm. Um, he's, he's really taken the next level this year, hasn't he? Yeah, well, particularly over the last month when we lost Dale and we lost Toby, um, he really stepped it up and he was leading yeah. leading for us in the in the middle of the field. Uh, he's such a big body, but unfortunately he got an injury out of that game, so we're going to be missing him for probably a month or so, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how he... He's get Dale back this yeah, week. Well, Dale's yeah. back this week from suspension. Toby's still a while off. I think we got three games and then a bye. So maybe if he misses the three, we have the bye. Yep. The, It'll be the fifth week. Hopefully, we're a chance to get him back. Yeah, this is a good. This is a good point you raise off the top of my head. We always hear, you know, the the developing clubs. Let's say the Dolphins. The Dolphins don't have the depth of a more established club. So talk us through that. You've now lost Hamlin Ueli. Toby Rudolph's already injured. Obviously, as, as Woodsy said, you're getting Fanukin back. But but down under there, what are your stocks of of say middle forwards like? I, I, are you just trying to hammer the Dolphins again? No, no, I'm not trying Come to on, hammer mate. anyone. I'm, I'm get to the to the basis of what actually is having depth. We're, we're fortunate at the show. We've had a pretty steady roster for a while now. Even before Fitty, we didn't have too many um, changes. Obviously, the big fellow, he, him, and a couple of others um, moved once once Fitzy came across. But our young guys have pretty much been together for a long time. So you see, big Tommy Hazelton. Royce you know, Hunt. Royce Hunt. He, well, he's he's been injured and came back in. Royce, we've got another guy, uh, guy Jesse Colhoun, who yeah, debuted yeah, last really year. So player. we've had an opportunity over the, over the last few years to get these guys some experience. And they all play together at Newtown as well. And, you know, we do a lot of 13-on-13 13 13 stuff nowadays. So a lot of the times, 
even so starting middles on one side, right, and the bench middles on the other side, working with our Newtown guys as well. Mm. So they know the system uh, inside and out. And at times throughout the year, um, you're going to have to call upon them for sure, especially with suspensions, injuries, and you just need to know that they put the work in and back them. They know the system. They're ready to go. It's sort of that next man up mentality. Moving from that now, uh, Wado, you've got a uh, nickname for our beautiful friend here in the middle. You call him King Midas. Can you tell us why you call him <laughs> King Midas? <laughs> I, that's not the nickname I use. I use another M word when it comes to Woodsy. <laughs> right, right. He's saying the Midas touch. Yeah. Um, and I say the mock. <laughs> the mock, yeah. You know, and you wouldn't believe it. Like he goes to Manly and Schuster's out and having a you know punch up every second weekend. They're into him. Then DC's coming out heavy handed. He, he gets his. They're throwing barbs everywhere. He gets his locker mate knocked out in his first game. Fano's <laughs> signing there. He's just. And the Titans the, it's beat just, him. <laughs> it's all happening for me, isn't it? But uh, they missed the Midas on the weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Well, nah, they, it's only a joke. It's a little in house joke. I've been to, I've played four games, if people are listening. I've won two at Blacktown and two at Manly, and then I got wristhold on the weekend, and uh, we had a loss. So, what's that telling you? So, straight back in this week for the big man. Oh, well, hopefully, Team List <laughs> Tuesday comes out well to Savo. Hey, um, <laughs> also, I was going to ask both of you blokes, particularly, I suppose, with you, Woodsy, yeah, because mate. you had such a, a history with the Tigers. Yep. And on the back of um, what happened with um, Jackie Whiten over the weekend, like he's got such a history. 14 yeah. years at Canberra. Now he's moving on in the post-match interview. He was in tears. Yeah, look, I've been through a similar thing like that, Maroon. Um, I think back in 2017, it was well speculated at the time myself, Tedesco, Brooks, uh, Mitchell Moses were all off contract at the, at the same period and, you know, had all these things about the big four and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, it went on for quite a while, probably went on a bit longer than what Jack Whiten's did. It was probably round one up until Anzac weekend. And I remember the Anzac weekend, we played against the Bulldogs and that was probably the first time that all the speculation probably hit hard, hit home really hard because I remember the the day of the game, we, we were at, um, it was then ANZ Stadium, which is the Acor Stadium now. And it was our home game and they read out, you know, number one, James Tedesco at fullback and the whole crowd just booed, or all the Tigers fans booed. Wow. They got to Mitchell Moses, number six, boo. And then Brooks, because he was the one that was going to stay, he got a, the biggest cheer of them all. <laughs> and then it was Captain Aaron Woods at, at number eight and I got a, a massive boo as well. And yeah, I remember we we, we, we won that game and, and I was lucky enough to get the Anzac medal and when I received it, I copped a big boo from all the fans. And look, they've got no idea about all the reasoning why I left yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And which is, you know, at the end of the day, fans support the club. As much as you think, like, you know, they love us as players, they also, at the end of the day, that they love the club. And, you know, poor old Jackie White, and I, I do feel sorry for him because the week after, we played against Wado at the Sharks. It was at Leichhardt Oval. And the day before that at training on the Friday was our captain's run. And we sort of told the boys, all right, I've agreed to the Bulldogs. I think it was myself and Arvis, the Amanda Fanai, he was actually going to the, the Sharks. Teddy hadn't made up his stuff yet, and, and Mitchell had already been gone. Uh, the next night against the Sharks, I tore my hamstring. And as I was walking off the field, the fans were just into me. Well, I couldn't really walk because my hammy was It was done. a bad one too, it was wasn't a bad, it? Yeah, yeah, it was one of those ones where it's like a sort of, what is that, like a chick, not a chick, um, um, wishbone, wishbone, yeah, wishbone. wishbone um, it was an accidental sort of, Maloney was on top, he squashed me, and then Matty Pryor was yeah, trying to move that, my yeah. leg. And Matty Pryor is the strongest Yeah, in the world. It, was, it was like, it was just a mishap on the field. It was no, like, intentional to do it, but... As I was coming off the field and uh, I copped a few things from the fans and it didn't really hit me till I got in the sheds and then my mum come in and she was just bawling her eyes out because a lot of the things that the people were saying, it wasn't quite nice. And I thought you were going to say she was doing it too. No, no, no. But, um, you know, she's all heart and soul. She's always my biggest supporter following with my wife and, you know, the kids. But, 
Yeah, some of the things that were said that night, it you know, it rocks you a bit, you know, because there are people that have been there by your side for such a long period, and then they're just quick to turn, and you know, and and it's a tough decision, and you know, he's he's read probably a few things from probably a certain few people, um, not just in the media, but by fans that have have wrote to him, and it's it's hard because at the end of the day, he loves Canberra, but he just he, he like. He wants to win a comp, but he might want a different opportunity, get out of Canberra, you know, get a different environment around him. And, you know, a lot of people have jobs at work where they take opportunities elsewhere, and it's similar to what we're doing. So I really do feel for Jack Wyden because, mate, I've met him a lot of times. He's a great fella, and he's just doing what's best for himself and his family. So, you know, good luck to him. And I just hope, you know, the fans stick by him because he had a great game on the weekend. They got the win and he was one of their best players. So he's still having a crack for him. It's not like he's mm. thrown in the towel yeah. and, and wants out. He's, he said he wants to finish off the year and finish off strong. <clears throat> there was a lot of emotion there. Um, the other night, we even see, saw Sticky in the presser yeah. after. Mm. Be emotional. And a lot, you know, game day is always, like it's the biggest day of the week, right? Everything apart from game day is really controlled. And during the week, uh, you have control over when the media's there. You, even if you read stuff that's bad or you, you need to answer some hard questions, you're in control, you know, and it's not a facade you put on, but you put on the straight back because you know the game's coming on the weekend. And so you put so much effort physically, especially the way Jack plays. So you put so much physical effort in physically, but not just physically, emotionally as well, right? So then at the end of the game, you're at your probably, not your weakest, but you're at your most relaxed. And you just saw the other night, you know, it was a, it was a big occasion. They, he played well, camera won in golden point. You just saw the motion just bubble to the surface and, and overcome them a little bit. Um, and it is hard on game day because especially at the end, that, that whistle goes, you sort of go like, oh, the week's finally done. Get the result, a massive relief. Then answer some questions, hard questions that have been weighing on him, you know, the last couple of weeks and all the speculation has been going on. And you just saw that emotion bubble out of him. But, you know, as Woodsy said, I think the best thing now is it's, it's over for him. He's played the game. Jackie's Jackie's like he said, he's a great bloke. He's going to go out there and compete every week for for cameras. How he plays, he's full tilt. There's no question marks about his effort or his will to win as a competitor. Um, and now that it's done, he'll be able to just focus on the back end of this season with his teammates and um, try, like you said, try and create more memories and, and get some wins. You know the other thing is he's going. Well, to, they're flying a little bit too under the radar. They're three in a row as well. Three in a row, mm-hmm. yeah. After a slow start, but the other thing he's going to find hard is what I found hard was. Getting to the game, like it, it's real nervous. Like I, I got real nervous going to my own home game because you'd see your fans as you got there, and they don't always come up with some nice things to say. They <laughs> they they tend to give it to you before mm. the game, and at the end of the game, they, they're happy if you have a win. But if you lose, that's the hardest part. Yeah, I think. But you know, everyone down there in that team have come out, you know, in his defense and yeah. supported him, right? So it's, the teammates are supporting him, the club supporting him, the coach supporting him. Yeah, you know, the fans have just got to support him as well. They, they're obviously. In the know and in the um, they know more about the circumstances anyway. So, if they're getting support from the closest people to him who know all the facts, yeah, well, that's it. everyone's just got to understand it's, it's something that's you know it's in it's worked out in the best interest for everyone and just get get him behind and support the team. Yeah, I tell you what, fans don't forget. I got booed every time I touched the ball two weeks ago. <laughs> but, <laughs> Doesn't take long. I got another story as well. You remember remember that game we had to win? It was the end of the season. It was two thousand nineteen at, at Sharks. It was us versus West Tigers. Oh, yeah, that was a great game. So that was, was a, Robbie's last game. Robbie's like a gal yeah. kicked the field goal. So it was, and then, mate, I was getting that nervous going to the game because the winner finishes eight. Light card yeah. over. So it was mm. last round. The winner yeah, finishes eight. Mm. So, and that was when Robbie broke his leg and, and he, he came, came back. back he, he played. played. That's right. But the worst thing about that day was, as you go to Leichhardt Oval, you never go up the Mary Street way because fans walk on the street and you just you can't move. 
And for me, the worst thing was we had to pull the bus up. Remember, 50 meters yeah, before. Yeah, walk down. And we right, had to walk it was almost finals. Yeah, it was a finals. But we had to walk in between all the fans. Normally, you park up right next to the stadium. You just walk straight up the gate. Mm. But we had to go through all the fans. And I remember walking off the bus and said, boys, if you want to hear some funny things, come stand next yeah. to me. To be honest, with those two games, because we got the week before we had Gow's last yeah, home game at Shark Park. Against Canberra, was, yeah. Obviously, Shark Park was rocking. Oh. And we thought, you know, we couldn't probably top ever top that sort of atmosphere for a club game and just how you mm. how many, you know, blue jerseys you saw and everyone was there to farewell Gow. And then a week later, we played for a semi-final spot in Robbie <laughs> Farrah's last game at Leichhardt. It was just rinse and repeat, do the same thing. It was two of the most memorable club games Certainly in my career for sure, and we uh, had them back to back. It was the best. We were getting hammered before the game, and the fans were into us. By the end of it, they wanted us to come back to Tigers. So. Yeah, it was a tough old start that game. I remember the first <laughs> half was really hard, and then we came out in the second went, half, bang, bang, and we bang. had a couple of quick tries yeah. and sort of kicked away. It was it was a good result for us. We needed that one. Okay, this is Footy Talk with uh, Wado Woodsy and Maroon. Now, uh, I'm just wondering. We've done now nine rounds. We're going in a magic round. We're all pumped. We're all looking forward to a magic round in the beautiful city of Brisbane. And the NRL do so many wonderful, positive things. This being one of them. So magic round coming up. I thought up to this point, have you guys got any predictions terribly wrong? Because I think I said. I don't think I know. I said, and I think you might have said too, Wado. If the Tigers beat Penrith, it might be one of the biggest upsets in NRL in NRL era history. I think the rain was the great leveler. Yeah, well, we, were, we did the call. We called the Dolphins Canberra yeah, game right. beforehand. And as we're previewing the Tigers-Panthers game, you certainly gave no respect at all to well, the West Tigers. I, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. You know, I think if, obviously, if it's not raining, it's a different game. Well, I think at the time... He's had a shocker, Maroon. He yeah, tipped Newcastle well, over Parramatta I think at the well. time, too... Did I? There was yes. whispers around that Nath might not have been playing as yes, well. Yes, that was true. So yeah. th- we heard that sort of throughout the day and we said, do you reckon that levels it up? And I, I think we said, nah, well, yeah. I'm still going to back the pen. It's mm. hard not to – two-time reigning premiers back-to-back. Hard not to back them against the Tigers who, who, was, who were still searching for their first win. But, yeah, as I got home that night, I was putting the young blokes to bed and I flicked over the NRL yeah. and the score, the Tigers were leading. It was about 15 minutes ago. I said, oh, I just got to watch the back end of this. And even me, I was pulling for them like, come on, boys, get it done. Because I've been so close in their last two games and they've, they've actually hit the lead. Oh, well, not against um, Parramatta, they didn't, but mainly they hit the lead and they just couldn't hold on in the end. I think I would have been heartbroken as well if, if, <laughs> if Penrith had somehow snatched a victory away from them like in the last couple of minutes because they played a good game. I thought Luke Brooks was impressive. I watched the back end of the highlights um, and then looked at his game. Just some of his kicks, some of his decision-making, even, you know, the kick at the end, just to hammer the ball dead. Smart. Don't worry about seven tackles set because there's only 30 seconds on the clock. Yeah. You just knew I'll get a set defensive line down there. I'll get my team in a great position to defend whatever the three or four tackles they had to hold on for. So I thought he was outstanding and he obviously – He's copped a lot of critis- criticism yeah. over the mm. years. So for, to see him play a, a really good game and get a lot of praise um, from you know other people and his teammates, it was good to see for him. And Penrith, I'll just say this and we'll move on, but they have lost their last two and only beat Newcastle in Golden Point extra yeah, yeah. time. Have you got any predictions wrong this year, Woodsy? Yeah, I have actually. It's I got this at the start of the year. I, I tipped the Cowboys to be up in the top four and they have absolutely struggled this year. Obviously... Good mate of mine, Toddy Payton's the coach up there. And the season they had last year, I thought, you know, a lot of their players would have a lot of confidence going into this year. Um, you know, they they played a lot of young guys in Griffith Neem and, you know, um, Helium Lukey's back in the side this year. Tommy Dearden's played Origin and, and Chad Townsend. But, geez, they've let me down. I was, you know, I honestly, I still can't believe where they are on the ladder, but they've had a lot of injuries. 
Um, you know, there's been a lot of speculation that, you know, a lot of them signed good contracts. So have they become complacent with everything? But yeah, completely got that one wrong, Maroon. Mm. Waiter, anything that comes to mind? You don't have to have one. You could make a evaluation. Well, we had about four I mean, you could be right every time. You well, to be honest, <laughs> he's still going yeah. all right, but Nico Hines is uh, skyrocketing up there. <laughs> yeah, and I said back to back because he's my teammate. And Harry Grant's still floating around at the top as yeah. well. So those predictions are on track, but we'll check in with those later in the year. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to get um, Charlie. To bring out some audio. Yeah, get some, find some audio. Yeah. Find some audio. Well, I did pick 16 teams to make the top eight, but so <laughs> I was only ever going to get 50% yeah, yeah. right. Well, of course, Woodsy, apart from having that awful prediction about the Cowboys, adding to his list now we have forcing an unforced error, raining a storm, and this beauty that we got over the weekend, the ground broke his fall. Who was the player? <laughs> Can't remember the player, but Clint Gutherson. He said, "Try the ground broke Clint Gutherson's I fall." I didn't actually get it all out. I realised yeah. what I was saying, and then right. Maroon goes, "After about two minutes, we're talking about the try." He goes, mm. "Hold on a second, mate. What were you about to say?" <laughs> yes. I, I hope you weren't listening. Um, on Saturday afternoon, uh, mate, I was listening. Oh, there's an absolute yes. stitch up let's, from the great man. Let's have a let's have a listen. I, I said I don't know if Wade would want to hear that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Let's I've heard someone stitched him up, but that's no, it was the a, problem. It was a classic stitch up. It, it was a shock. And short yeah, ball go, from go, go, one go, of the great put it on, of put the it team. on. Well, Wado, you might be in the man cave tonight having a uh, gym beam because you got the night off. Yeah, mate, and that's a, a gym beam to the. Sorry, let's do that again. <laughs> well, we can't do it again because we're live on air, oh, but sorry. I threw you a curly yeah, one. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. Well, at least you didn't swear. Uh, that's true. No matter who comes out on top tonight, whether your team wins or loses, you'll be supporting teams together. Yeah, so that was. Um, you didn't realise you were on air. No, I knew and, I was. Of yeah. course, I knew I was. I didn't know I was live because yeah. it was like it was yeah. a live read. So that's, what, that's what happens when uh, when Mar- when you work in Maroon. You oh, just got to expect the unexpected. Well, I just get in a dummy half, mate. Uh, I just, once I get in a dummy half, just, Maroon gets tunnel vision. Doesn't care about anyone else as long as he sounds yeah. good. That's all. Well, for people who don't know, who are listening in. The way those reads work is you actually have a sheet you follow loosely, loosely, <laughs> yeah. right? Maroon took that interpretation loosely and didn't yeah, even follow yeah. it anywhere. So when he tried, so you're trying to look for it on the sheet. When he tried to shortball me into where I was like, "Where are you at, mate? I don't know where you're at." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, can yeah. we start again? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm well, actually so happy that I didn't swear because that could have been the end of me on Triple M. Ah, oh, probably wouldn't have. But anyway, mate, <laughs> no, he would have got skyrocketed up. <laughs> completely, completely my fault. Let's take a break. It's Footy Talk with Wado Woodsy and Maroon. We'll come back. We'll talk about. The Broncos, I, I'm not saying they're imposters, but I did say they're not all that. Uh, but you blokes are the experts. We'll talk about that next on Footy Talk. <laughs> this is the Footy Talk podcast with Wado, Woodsy and Maroon. We've been talking a bit of trash with our man Danny Weidler and your man Chamus. Chamus is out there talking Chamus. trash. Flapping his arms around, getting tough, talking trash, well, Chamus. Well, the funny thing is, since he's come in and said, oh, we're the number one podcast, each week he's drifted off. So he last has, week that was number yeah. two, now he's yeah. like number four or five. Mm. So unlucky, mate. Yeah, he's resting on his laurels. Don't come in a big note. And then turn it up. He's come into the bloody game on Friday late. Late, yeah, what about he, that? You know. He rocked up late and then goes, don't come down to me on the sideline. So mm. Maroon and I had to cover him. It reminds me of wow. the story. That's just complacent. Oh, yeah. That's just complacency yeah. sneaking in. You know, an old, well, you blokes would know this fellow, the great General Patton, Luke Patton. Yep. Told me he was driving up to Wollongong to go to doggies training. He couldn't get through because there was this like two hour delay crash. He starts telling folks he on the phone. Folks, he just hung up on him. Wow. You know, I'm not taking any excuses. And Chamus, <laughs> if you're listening, mate, that's. Well, you, the- know, you know, there's a good story, Chris Hynington. Yeah. 
So he was coming from yeah. he was coming from from uh, Central Coast, and all the highways were blocked. So he ended up getting, I think it was two ferries and yeah. a train mm. and a bus to go to Concord oh, and just snuck in just before training. Every time I hear that story, it adds another mode of transport: a jet ski, a jet powered <laughs> rocket launcher, a tinny. helicopter, a tinny. tinny. <laughs> Mate, missing training, being late is just not on. What about the it's anxiety? Just not on, like. It's all right if you stuff up you don't know, but when you know and you're running late, the anxiety yeah. levels oh, just yeah, go yeah. through mate. the roof. Hmm. Well, anyway, Chamus, we've got here your official warning letter, mate. We'll present that to you on Friday evening. Now, boys, the the Brisbane Broncos, we love to see them do well because we ha- they have, of course, Kevy Walters and my personal favourite player ever, Adam Reynolds. So I don't even like to raise this as a topic, but are we getting carried away with the Broncos? And here's why, Woodsy, before you look at me like that. Round one, they beat Penrith. Fantastic. Everyone aims up in round one. Then they beat the Cowboys, as you pointed out. Big deal. Then they beat the Dragons. Big deal. The Dolphins with no Felice Kafusi and no Katoa. Then the Tigers when they were at, the, at their absolute low. The Raiders they beat. But then, you know, the Rabbitohs, a genuine top three side, toweled them up good and proper. So I'm asking the question, Wado, are we getting carried away with the Broncos? Well, this headline here says Maroon thinks the Broncos are imposters. But that's so, not yeah, yeah, that's what you so think. I, I think don't that think is, that. I think that's, that is completely incorrect. Yeah, no, I don't think that. Nowhere near no. the mark mm. because, mate, they're flying. They're flying up there. They got a, a young crew, yeah. So they're only going to get better. And sometimes, every now and again, you just need a reminder. Yep. Where you think you're dotting all the T's and. Crossing all the eyes. Oh, I just did a woodsy then. <laughs> Crossing all the T's, dotting all the eyes. No, I'm writing that down. <laughs> Keep that one. There you go. Oh, we got a world tour. It's uh, going to go off. Oh, <laughs> cracker. Um, well, you think you're working as hard as you were. Maybe you're not doing as much prehab, or maybe you are turning up the training, you know, that five minutes later than you were when, yeah. you, when you were in, yep. the, when, in your rhythm. And that's what winning does to you sometimes. You just think it's just going to happen and go out there. And sometimes you need a reminder. And I think no one ever likes a loss, but a loss certainly pulls you back. Refocus you and gets you making sure you're doing everything that you can do um, to give you opportunity uh, yourself the best opportunity to play well on the weekend and get the result. And I just think it's a little speed hump, uh, and they're definitely going to be there at the back end of the year because they're just so dynamic. Like they only need to play ten or fifteen minutes of their best footy, and they can snatch a victory away from any team because they're really just dangerous all across the park. Both edges have strike. Um, their middle forwards, you know, they are missing Payne Haas and Ezra Mam. So I think that they're a pretty big loss because Payne Haas is so dominant in that middle part, part of the field. He gives any team he plays for a platform. And they left a few opportunities out there against South Sydney. And if you look back at all their games they've played, the man in and around, you know, all the support and all the finishes is Ezra Man. He's their little energy bunny. He, bunny he's their spark. So I think those two outs really did hurt him a little mm-hmm. bit, especially because the first half was good. When South came out in the second half and found that extra gear, the Broncos sort of just couldn't go with them. And I think, you know, those two guys, a little speed hump uh, on the way, I think the Broncos are going to be okay. Yeah, I, I agree with Wado. Like, you got you take out Haas. Like, the way they've been playing him this year as well, Wado, they, last year they were sort of playing the first 40, trying to get another 10, 15, then give him a little spell. This year they've been playing for about 30, you know, give him either side of half time and then get back on for the last 25. And, you know, a lot of times we say you don't want quantity, you want quality. And his work has been absolutely outstanding. Like, I remember watching him when, when I was at the Dragons. We were winning at half time, And then it wasn't until his second stint when he come on, I think he set up three tries in the space of, you know, 18 minutes when he was on. And, and the man he was offloading to was Ezra Mann. His support play is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, you take out 
Corey Oates didn't play on the weekend. He's one of the ones that set the their play one carries. They yeah, they the set yardage, them off. Yeah. You know the yardage carries, and then then you get the hass on the back of it. Then you get Flegler. Then you get Carrigan. I just think they really missed those two on the weekend. Well, I agree with you too with that. You know, giving him that little bit extra time yeah. off the field because it just allows his second stint to be oh. so dynamic. Like everyone's fresh at the start. He's yep. going to go out there and lay the platform and still be dynamic. Um, you know, at the start of the game because he's just a quality player, right? He's hard to handle. But then once you get him a rest. Getting back out there against some tired body, if you get the interchange right, he's just, he goes to another level. It's, it's similar to when Tamalolo. Tamalolo's yeah. second stint. You know, he used to run all these meters and, and start the game hard and fast, yeah. like he always did. But then you'd bring him on at the back end of the game, playing against blokes who have been out there for 67 minutes while, yep. he, while he has yeah. 15 minutes to rest. Yeah. You're just good luck, man. You, good luck you, trying to tackle him close to the trial line. I've just got through, you know, flag love. I've just got through Carrigan. Oh no, they're bringing back Huss on, and, yeah. and he's fresh. He's had 15, 20 off, or maybe thirty because of half time. And he's, mm. he, mate, his second stint has been absolutely outstanding this yeah, year. This is a good question to ask you, blokes who are currently playing in the NRL. So when you're, say you're out there, you're defending the Broncos. Yep. You are consciously aware Payne Hass has still got to come back out and do a second stint. Oh, you definitely. Are. Well, I'll tell you when you're aware of it when he comes back on for his second yeah, stint yeah, and, yeah. and blows your inside shoulder off because yeah. he's a hundred. 20 kilos and runs like a centre. Just as you think, you, mm. you think you're going set for set in the arm wrestle and then you might gain a little bit of an advantage. you got a bit of, you know, you got a bit of the flow going your way and then you see the big fella come back on. You're like, oh, yeah. geez, we've got to start all over again and get back to get him back on his back because mm. like Wade said, his second stint, he's just banging down in your inside shoulder and now this year he's got to pass uh, an offload through the line into his game. So it makes it very hard. We saw a similar effect in the game, the Redcliffe-Canberra game, which me and you were calling. So Redcliffe were sort of fighting their way back in, winning that field position battle, and then Sticky goes to his bench and puts Joe Tarpany straight back yeah, on. Yeah, And he just makes so many extra metres, Joe, because he's so strong and he, fight, he fights. He doesn't go to the ground all the time. He has that offload threat. And all it does, it turns their sets where they make 40 metres and kick from halfway to 50 metres where they can kick from the opposition 40 line and yep. just contest those back into your sets. So it's all um, those second stints for those premier middles in the competition are so effective because they just get you to the right field position where you need to be playing from. Now, an interesting uh, add-on to this game, Magic Round, boys, this affects you, Woodsy, more so obviously than Wado, but it's Manly and the Broncos in Magic Round. So it's Anthony Seabold back at Manly where he, you know, it didn't, I, with respect, it didn't work out for him. No, yep. he back, back in Brisbane, Brisbane yeah. you know what I say? Back at Manly. Back at Manly. Back at Brooklyn. That's right. sorry, we understand yeah, what you yeah. mean. Mm. Yeah, sorry. No, sorry. just dot your eyes and cross your T's, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> no, dot your T's and cross your eyes. Um, okay. Um, all right, here we go. Don't let uh, the ground break uh, before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, there's another interesting part in Magic Round for the Manly Broncos game. We're talking about the Broncos. Broncos play Manly. Obviously, yep. Anthony Seabold's in charge of Manly now. He goes back to Brisbane. Respectfully, he didn't have a lot of success there. That's got to add to this game in some way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Everywhere you go, you look, you look at the papers now and they're already bringing up stuff that's happened at Brisbane with Seabes. And, you know, he's the first to admit that it, it didn't go the way that he wanted to go. Um, you know, it's such a big club. He's an ex-Bronco. He's an old boy there. I think he played a couple of games in the lower system. And, no, he's excited about it. He hasn't um, – we had our recovery review yesterday and, you know, he's more worried about, you know, what happened with us against the Titans. He hasn't put any of the focus on him, his relationship with the Broncos. You'd think it'd be fine the way he spoke about everything. He just wants us to go out there and put a good performance mm. because the other thing for us is it's a good opportunity because they're the, they're the number one side in the competition. They're coming number one on the ladder. So this is this could be a big sculpt for us if we can get it, but 
we've got to play good footy. You know, we can't always rely on, you know, blokes like Tommy Turbo and things like that. We need to go out there and play a team footy. And and the good thing that like I said to you before with Siebes, he hasn't made it personal. You know, he's just gone in there and he just wants us to be manly. I think the good thing for him, you know, of all weekends you return to an ex-club or an old club where there was, there. there was such a, you know, there's, there is a decent story behind it. You know, he gets to do it when every other game is in town as well. Yep. So it is a story, but it's going to be one story among many stories. If you've been up there as a player and as a coach before, you know, you know, once your game's done, you're out of there. Like, yep. so it's on with the next, moving on, and that, yep. you're quickly forgotten about. So that's a little bit of a silver lining for him, for sure. He gets It is a bit of a story for him going up there, but there's going to be plenty of other things going on, for sure. The other good thing for us is a great opportunity to play in front of a packed house, like when Broncos play Magic Ground, every year you've seen them, there's 50,000 nearly mm. there. So that's probably the hard thing when you are a Broncos player. Other players enjoy coming up there and playing. So um, that's probably going to, like Wade said, that's going to help Siebes as well. It's going to take the heat off him a bit, but knowing there's like uh, 15 other clubs there. Okay, Footy Talk podcast with Wade Woodsy and Maroon. Woodsy's Front Row Forum. Front Row Forum. Now, um... This is an interesting one here, yeah, Woodsy. Uh, this is a letter for the Front Row Forum. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, what is it? A uh, lady named Natalie who lives in Barella. I think that's near Lidcombe somewhere. I'm not really yeah, sure. It is, Barella, yeah, it's over yeah. those ways. She says, hi. Guildford. Is it Guildford, is near it? Near those sort of yeah. Barella yeah. Bears is a yeah, great Barella club. Bears. Yeah, yeah, Barella Bears. That yeah. was uh, Appy Chorus House Club. Yeah. Natalie says, hi, Wado and Woodsy. I love you guys. Um, I love your podcast. I have 18-month-old twins, Charlie and Zane. When I can't get them to sleep, I get them to listen to Michael Chamis. So that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'll be asleep after very, 20 seconds. Natalie, that's awful. <laughs> anyway, she loves you guys and she wondered if you might tell a story each about your debut. Well, it's funny you actually say that because sitting at home on my couch, I was watching young Carl Oluapu debut for the Bulldogs. And, you know, it sort of brings back some memories, you know, how all the boys get around you. But... My debut was a lot different to Wado's and, you know, I'll let Wado talk about his because he was a bit younger than I was. I was only, I was 19 for my debut and uh, mine was around one. Uh, we didn't get to play till the Monday night against the Bulldogs and all week you sort of, I was in the, I think it was, was 21 back then, Wado? 20, 21's list. Oh, but, yeah, but, you could na- but you couldn't name anyone. So I was a bit distracted thinking about fancy giving a young bloke a debut on a Monday when he has oh. to watch all the games of the weekend and he's the last <laughs> one of the weekend. No, 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 but it gets better, Wado. So... I didn't know I was playing, so I was in the 21. Okay. And I remember Bryce Gibbs was under injury cloud, injury cloud all week. And, you know, you don't want to be that one guy going, oh, Gibbsy, how you going, mate? Are you traveling all right? Because I was on standby for, for Gibbsy. And, yeah, so all week we, I filled in for him and they were saying they were going to give him up to captain's run to do the match fit, um, what is it, fitness run, see if he gets through, and and then I'll find out there. So, and as you know, mate, Monday is the longest game to wait for all weekend and, you know, being a young kid, just go in, do what I've got to do, what I've got to do and try not to get too excited. But I was going home going, mate, I'm, I'm a chance. Look, I'm an 18th man here. This could be anything. And um, I remember we get to the Sunday and watching Gibbsy run around. He looked actually okay. And, you know, he finished his fitness test and we've done a training session and then we all get, you know, in the huddle, you know, when you do have a little yeah, bit of yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then next thing you know, Sheenzy comes in and goes, all right, boys, um, Woodsy's debuting and, and Gibbsy's out. And, mate, my heart just sunk straight away and, because I hadn't really thought about playing. I just thought, oh, it could be a chance. Yeah. And, um, mate, I, I never forget how nervous I got in that one, you know, one split second. And then, as Wado knows, you've got a few things on debut you have to do. Um, <laughs> I can't really say it in here because it's not for a, a podcast chat. Um, there's a few stories you have to tell. And, you know, some clubs you might have to do a dance or a song. And everyone's got a different ritual that you have to do before a game. And, yeah, the funny thing was, 
and then sorry, going into the game on the on the on the Monday night, um, you know, Sheens just goes, mate, you're getting on at sixty minute mark. Uh, you're gonna play the last twenty minutes. Um, I remember warming up and like, I'm looking left and right. There's, you know, Benji Marshall, Robbie Farrah, Gareth Ellis, Todd Payton, blokes I've looked up to and made absolutely crazy. And every time I looked at Benji, he kept staring at me. I'm like, mate, what's this bloke looking at? Does, yeah. he think, does he think I'm not good enough? Like, what am I supposed to, what am I doing here? And the first half goes by and, you know, I knew I wasn't playing. So I was sweet then. And then, you know, as the minutes get closer in that second half, I started to get, mate, I was absolutely, you know, crapping myself. I was getting rattled and, you know, it gets to about 22 minutes and, you know, you're looking, oh, Sheen's going to take it up and start stretching and literally gets to the 20-minute mark. They go, all right, here's your card, get on. And I was like, oh, wow. And the first carry I had, I ran at um, Corey Payne and Andrew Ryan and, mate, it looked like not, not much of a tackle, but, mate, it absolutely rocked me. I was like, geez, this is first grade far out. And I remember I just running around like a headless chook and when I got off that field, I was like, mate, that's the hardest 20 minutes of my life. And then in the sheds, you know, you, you, you sort of speak to the boys. We had a loss. I think we lost – 12 8. Like it was a close game. And then just speaking to the boys, like, how good was it? You know, I was, mate, you know, me being a footy, mate, this is the best ever. Like, I'm living the dream come true. And then I was still scared to talk to Benji and Robbie because they're such big dogs. Like, I played for Australia, New South Wales, New Zealand. And at the end of it, Benji goes, mate, I was watching you the whole warm up and you, mate, you handled yourself well. And I was like, mate, I was that nervous. You looking at me, mate. I was that scared of you. I didn't want to say a boo to you. And he goes, mate, I've watched a lot of kids and you handle yourself well. Um, and then all the boys told me they knew I was playing all week. I didn't know until so Sheenzy told the leadership group that I was playing. Gibbsy was just doing a normal rehab run at the end at the captain's run. So um, yeah, it was, it was, I was actually happy that he didn't tell me because I would have been rattled all week. Yeah, it was a bit of strategy then the Monday yeah. night game. It was a bit of and I was mate, only nine, sure. being a kid. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. What about you, Wado? Mine, mine was a couple of years before Woodsy. I was seventeen, still at school, so I came quite young. It was, it was a bit of a perfect storm there for me at Penrith. They'd obviously, Craig Goward left the year before. They were playing with Joey Williams and Jared Zemmett, who were sort of in and out. Penrith weren't going all that well. They had Louis playing in six as yeah, well. And, right. you know, they were, winning, they were still winning games, but just they were, there was a bit of inconsistency there. And at the same time, we had a red-hot under-20s team. So we were – it was the first year of Toyota Cup and Canberra go on to win it, but – not that you can change history, but I, I feel like if, if we'd have kept our under-20s team from the start of the oh, year. Who was we, in that 20s team? Well, it was Lachlan Coote, Michael Jennings, uh, Joseph Paulo. Masada Yusefa. Masada Yusefa, Joel Romolo. Sani Lafayette. Yeah, Tim Grant. Wow. There's a lot they of, all played Jeff first Daniela. grade. Yeah, well, by yeah. the end of the year. Sam McKendry. In first grade, Lachlan Coote was playing on the wing. Uh, Jenko was in the centres. McKendry. I was playing, yeah, Sam McKendry. Yeah. I was playing half, and Joey Paulo was playing in the back row, and that was – all could have played in the 20s. Yeah. So we're all playing first grade together. Wow, so what a squad. There's yeah. no doubt, um, probably physically it was a bit before I was ready. Mentally, you think you're ready, like you're fearless at that age, especially in that Penrith team where we had a lot of success in the juniors. I, I played the year before in the Jersey Flag Grand Final as a 15-year-old. As a <laughs> so I'd, I'd been in that system for a while. I uh, Sorry, 16-year-old I was the year before. And back then I was a top 25, right? So... You didn't have the opportunity with the big squads as much to do all your 13 on 13 footy. And once the injuries started to come or blokes couldn't train, you used to have like a group of young kids who'd either play reserve grade or come back or come up from the 20s to help fill in for the numbers. So I used to get a, a call whenever I could have a day off school, I'd come <laughs> and train with the team. So I was in and around the team for a little bit, not too long, but a little bit. But in a few weeks, I think I debuted in around 14 or 15. It was just after Origin. A few weeks previous, a reporter had seen me training in the first grade squad because maybe Louis couldn't train there and it leaked that I was going to debut that week. So I sort of got a 
little intro of what it could be like if I was playing. I knew I was never playing, but it sort mm. of yeah. was out pushed in the media that I, I was going to debut. So there was a lot of chat, obviously a lot of excitement around my school and the game. Like So the, the week that it did happen, Luke Lewis was playing 5-8 and um, Matty Elliott called me in his office. Yeah, mate, you're going to be, you know, playing this week. We just need you to go out there, get the team around the park, help Louis with the kicking and just physically we think you're ready because I was playing in that 20s team and, um, you know, holding my own. And the week was a bit of a blur, to be honest. I remember being confident all week, but like, just excited, fearless. Again, like you said, at that age, you just don't. You just this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. Like, yeah. and here it is in front of me. Like, I'm not. I'm not nervous. I'm not haven't got anxiety. I just want it. Like, but then the game day rolls around, and it was a Friday, and I went to school because I didn't want to sit at home all day thinking about um, <laughs> the game. And I wasn't actually named in the team list. I was named at 19, so it was supposed to be a secret that I wasn't playing. But sure enough. Come that Friday morning, the back page of the paper as I'm walking in school is a photo of me and um, Masada Yusefa because we debuted together. Um, and so I just walked in the gates, turned around, walked straight back out, rang mum and said, can you come pick me up? I'm not going to sit at school all day because <laughs> it's, it's a great it's, photo too. It is a great it's photo. Great. And it's, it's one I put up on my Instagram not long ago. You know, Masada Yusefa um, passed away last year. Yeah. So, oh, sorry, two years ago, unfortunately. So it was a very sad time for the rugby league community and especially, you know, us guys who, who grew up with him and, I got to share that special night with him, two juniors coming out. He was, he was a couple of years older than me, someone I watched um, play in the SG ball and the jersey flag. And then, you know, I grew up to be, you know, able to play with him in the Toyota Cup. We travelled to England together one year in, a, in like a 20s academy thing and we got our debut. And a little bit similar to Woodsy, but once the, the day rolled around, I'm in the sheds looking around and Petro Sivinasiva, like Tony Portua, Reese Wessa, guys who I watched win the grand final. Yeah. Like... As a kid, I'm like, what am I doing here? Maybe I don't belong here. Like, I got the real nervous. And Petro just came up and seen me and said, mate, just, you belong here. You're going to be fine. Just kick well, be steady, and you'll be sweet. Um, one story I will say is I remember we played the Dragons, and it was when they were toying with the idea for some reason. Every now and again, they'd flick Cooper and Gaznia on a back line on the same side oh, of the yeah. field. They were switching them over. So my first defensive scrum, I remember looking up and I, I looked up and there's two origin centres. Shimmy, shimmy. Yeah, the two origin centres <laughs> sped up together. I'm going, what's going on here? Normally I'm only marking like a, and, a and back And how did row. that go? It was all right. I think I actually tackled Gaz in the touch early. So oh, settled the confident, um, confident. Settled, settled the nerves yeah. a lot. But again, it was um, we lost the game um, by one point. Jamie, Jamie Sauer kicked a field goal with about five minutes to go. It was a good game. It was a good battle against the Dragons. The next week, Lockie Coote debuted a week after me. He was 18. We had a 90-minute draw against the Broncos. Like Darren Lockie yeah. was playing, come back from origin, was playing for the Broncos. Mm. We played at Penrith Park, had a 90-minute draw. And I was like, after two games, I was like, I'm not cut out for this. Too yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so you debuted and stayed there? I debuted and stayed yeah. there. I played eight games that year and mm. I tore my medial down in Canberra it was, and it was sleeting in the warm-up. Yeah, so it wasn't, okay. a, wasn't a good injury for me and I'd never – Really, to be honest, I'd never been injured like that before. Uh, it was my first serious injury. So then I'd missed the rest of the season through that. And then the following year, I didn't get picked actually for my first two games, but I played ever since. So that was a debut. How good was the night afterwards, Wetter? Well, I couldn't go out. Oh, you were 17. Yeah, yeah but I went right. home. Yeah, I went home. You and, went out anyway. Oh, mate, I remember we went, mate, we first thing we went back to the Sackville in, in Balmain and didn't pay for a beer or not. I've got a few funny stories I could tell you that in that debut year, but we might say again, for, we might we'll say another front yeah. row forum. Because I want to do that for a front row forum and I want to do um what you were talking about before. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
rituals. Rituals. Oh, yeah, we'll do rituals. Oh, yeah. Boys, we've got to go, but before we do, we have to raise this topic. The Dragons were beaten last weekend by the Dogs. The last six weeks, they've lost five games. The last four, they've been beaten by the Titans. They've been beaten by the Raiders, the Roosters, and the Dogs. And we wonder how long they have to go with that playing group, with that particular coach, Anthony Griffin. Yeah, I think you just see the group. They're, they're trying hard. They're just, you know, there's been so much media speculation. And, you know, we spoke about before with Jack White and how there's just, you know, every question's about him. And then when you speak about Dragons, it's just about the team. And then you got, you know, you got players coming out and saying they don't want to start from the ground up again. They don't want new coaches. And it's the board's decision. It's the CEOs. There's just so much question mark over them at the moment. I just think whatever happens, they just need to make a decision. They just need to do it quickly because... The fans are starting to get angry, you know. The the players look a little bit, you know, on the field, they look they just look a little bit tired and a little bit rattled. Like there's just so much, you know, there's just so much drama behind the scenes. And it, it does make you flat, doesn't it, Wade? When you, you know, when you when you get caught up in all the hype and, you know, everything that's happened behind the scenes and it can just become frustrating. And, you know, the last thing that you want to do is play footy because there's, you know, you win, there's gonna be drama. You lose, there's gonna be drama. They just mm-hmm. They need to just front yeah. foot, as we say, just front foot it, make a decision, do what's best for the club, whether it's keep hook or get rid of hook. It, they just need to come out and do it. If they're going to sign a new coach, sign them, and then they can just move forward, you know. Let me ask you a question. Yes, mate. What would you like to ask? Answer this question honestly. How would you feel if Hook left the Dragons and was hired as an assistant at Manly? It wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother you. Yeah, it wouldn't bother me. Okay, fair enough. Well, why, why, why would that bother me? I don't know. I don't know that it would. I'm just wondering if it would. So why it... did you go? Let me ask you a question. Well, in a little because cheeky it's bug like away. you know, you've been in. I've been in radio hundred years. I mean, I don't think I've, I've had a boss that I want to work with again. That's why I'm just saying. You know, sometimes co-workers you, do... you don't want to work again. Oh, with? some of them I do, but, but I'm pretty it, happy but to for see me most it's, of them it's, go. It's, it's a professional relationship. You don't have to. You don't have to go out and hang out with them outside of your footy team. You can still be coached, or, or you know. They could be a recruiter at the club. It's it's just the way it is. And, and with rugby league, you're not going to get along with everyone that you work with. Oh, I think I've hit a raw nerve there. No, you haven't oh, hit a raw oh, nerve. I'm just oh. talking about you. Uh, what about you, Wado? <laughs> uh, what about the Dragons? What do you think? Uh, I think, again, they tried hard on the weekend um, for sure. And the Bulldogs just pipped them in the end there. They were up for the Anzac Day game. They were up for it. That was, Massive. That was that, brutal. Toro Sloan gets a bounce. Yeah, that was, that was brutal, that game. And, it, you know, they probably... Would you say these are a bit flat? The only thing is, though, it's a hard situation because what are you going to do? Come out and sack him, and then who, who's there? You're going to need yeah, well, to get what a, difference is it going to yeah, make? Yeah, but you need to get an interim yeah, in there. Like yeah. you're going to like lose That's the exactly players. Right, you mate. need to you need to just say they want just hypothetically say they're going to go to a new coach. Well, they need to have a coach that's prepared to go. Okay, they, they, they need to have a coach ready to come so that they can appease the playing group because mm. the players go well. If you got if he's not coaching, who is? And Wait then. Interim coach, well, righto. Is he going to be the long-term coach? Yeah, they, it's just more. You can't, yeah. you can't recruit, you can't re-sign, you can't like retain, you can't make any roster decisions. So you need to have sort of the guy in the background ready to go. So at the, at this stage, I don't think they do because otherwise we might have seen a decision already. But I, I reckon you. I agree, waiter, so much because when we Cronulla, they got rid of Josh, uh, John Morris. They had Josh Hannay as a replacement, who was going to be an assistant next year, and Fitzgibbons was in the background, who. But they all, but we, they'd already signed Fitzy. That's what I mean. They'd already That's signed I mean. they, Fitzy. So, so they've signed Fitzy. The Fitzy's, decision was made. And Fitzy's told them that Henne's part of my coaching staff for next year, so he can implement things that he wants to for next year. Fitzy's working with the recruiter or the GM to get players, which players they want to keep, which players they don't. Dragons, I reckon the problem with the Dragons, 
there's a question mark on who's going to be there next year. Yeah. That's but why they can't make a decision. Ultimately, it's not a great situation to be in for anyone, and, no. and particularly the players and, and the supporters, right? Because it's just if you're not getting the results, you just get the frustration and yeah. the emotion starts to build because you go, well, what what is going? We're in this holding little holding pattern. So I don't know. The internet, has he got to reapply for the job next year, has he? That's what apparently, apparently yeah. So, yeah. So apparently. So that's not a good sign. Yeah, nah, so, where, not if so you've got the where, job. where is this holding pattern like this? That's mm. what they're in at the moment. And as a fit, like the holding pattern is probably acceptable if you're winning games. Your fans could probably stomach that a bit. Thank God, but they're not. But if you can't get the games won like, in the meantime, yeah. it just remember it, the frustration it, it, it builds like, and builds and builds. It was like if you lose games, all right, sweet. The board CEO have done the right decision, you know. So they're like, okay, the coach has got to be moved on. But then if they win games, like, well, they've made the wrong decision, so they're going to be in the the, the limelight for. Yeah. Any reason. Well, that's why you need strong people running. Exactly. You need strong – because you need to be able to handle that, handle the speculation, handle the yep. media. And you look mm. – like you fast forward one year and they, they've just given – Craig was given a five-year extension. So, like, they got – their second. They got their man. Mm. Yeah. They picked and they believed Hang him. On, and, yeah. and he executed and, and then they re-extended him. So, that's what, like, you need to be able to wear the, the speculation and the media is because you, you can't please everyone. You're never going to be able to please everyone. They just need to back themselves. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Wade. They don't know what they want to do next year, so that's why they haven't made a decision yet. Okay, boys, we might leave it there. Um, this has been the uh, Footy Talk podcast with Wado, Woodsy, and Maroon, and we will see you again calling games over the weekend, boys, and enjoy Magic Round. See you up there. See you up yeah, there, bro. Looking forward to it. See you, Wado. Would you're Friday night, aren't you? I'll be, Friday night, I'll be yeah. sitting at the hotel, mate, watching you go about your bit. I'll be keeping an eye on that team sheet today so the Midas touches back, and then I'll be watching you on Friday night. Hopefully Actually. we can catch up for coffee maybe Saturday morning. You know what you should do? Get a day off, and I'll take you blokes out on a bit of an excursion. We'll go for a picnic. Oh, mate, it's hard to go down to the golf. We'll go down to SeaWorld. We'll go down to SeaWorld. You want to get a couple of junkets down there, do you? Yeah, I'll get yeah. pack Imagine us up a lunch. us going to SeaWorld, and me and Woods have left our kids here in Sydney. That'll go down the tree. Well, this has been Footy Talk Podcast. Bye for now.